The Ignatian Legacy Fellows Program is an invitation to imagine the next stage of your life. Look back on your career, find your purpose, discover your passion, deepen your faith. Join this diverse community of seekers and share strategies for handling today's leadership challenges, now forming the second cohort to begin virtually in January 2021. Apply now at luc.edu/ilf. Welcome to Inside the Vatican with America Media. Each week, veteran Vatican reporter Gerard O'Connell and I take you behind the headlines for an intergenerational conversation about the biggest stories out of the Vatican. This week, we're talking about coronavirus in the Vatican. As cases soar in Italy, what do restrictions in the Vatican look like, and how are officials planning for big events in the fall and winter? Then, we'll talk about the U.S. presidential election and how that's perceived in the Vatican. Finally, we'll give a quick update on a Vatican memo that circulated about the Pope's support for civil unions for same-sex couples. I'm Colleen Deli. This is Inside the Vatican. Good morning from New Orleans, Jerry. Good afternoon from sunny Rome again, Colleen. How you doing? Well, reasonably well. We're waiting for the government to announce its measures for partial lockdown in the country. Right. Italy has seen a a huge surge in coronavirus cases um, in recent weeks. And over this weekend, you reached a a peak of, what, around around 30,000 new cases per day. And that's way up from the previous peak in March, which was only around 5,000 per day. What do the restrictions look like right now? Well, it looks like the government is going to put in a curfew across the country. Uh, We don't quite know whether it's going to be 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock in the evening until morning. Got it. Now, Jerry, I remember early on, uh, the Vatican was kind of following Italy's restrictions. Have we seen them also considering some kind of curfew, or or what are the restrictions in the Vatican right now? Well, the restrictions, I think, as we said last week, the Pope has cancelled his public audiences. He will now, from tomorrow, from Wednesday, when our listeners hear this, he will be live streaming the audiences from the library in the Apostolic Palace. Mm -hmm. And that is until further notice. So there will be no public audiences for the foreseeable future. Uh, I understand also they're planning for a Christmas midnight mass, but it really starts about 9.30, where there will be about not more than 100 people. That's much like what they did for Easter, right? Exactly. It it will be a photocopy of what they did for Easter. I think Francis likes to have a simpler celebration than having all the cardinals and bishops around him and everybody at these big celebrations. By nature, he, he, he likes the simple things. Before that, we have the consistory plan for the end of November. Uh, we talked about briefly new cardinals last week. Uh, Pope Francis named the men he's going to make create cardinals. Uh, but that's going to look a little different, I imagine, during coronavirus too, right? Absolutely. I I think the impression is that not all these cardinals will come. Mm -hmm. Anybody from Asia is not coming, really. Uh, Practically nobody from Africa. Indeed, from the United States, very few are coming. We we don't know yet. But what I, I do know, and I've been told, is that it will be a very simple consistory. Very simple. I mean, and these are usually big celebratory events. These are big celebrations, and especially the Italian cardinals, they, they can bring a thousand people with them, but this, this won't happen this time. There are six Italians who will be made cardinals. Now, just to be clear, they still become cardinals even if they don't go to the event, right? 
what will happen, as has happened in the past, the Pope has the consistory, and that is the official moment when those whom he named 10 days ago will actually become cardinals. Those who are present are given the red hat, mm -hmm. uh, the ring, and the, the scroll, which gives them a title to the church in, in Rome, a church in Rome. They become effectively like the cardinal protector of that church. Those who do not come to the uh, consistory, the Vatican will send through the nunciatures the red hat, the ring, and the scroll to these cardinals. So they will be given it in their homeland. Jerry, how, how might this affect the Vatican museums? I know that those were shut down for a long time at the beginning of COVID and that they had just, you know, a couple months ago reopened for small group tours. What's happening there? Well, you're right, Colleen. The, the Italians now, in the new measures of the government, they're closing museums. So almost certainly the Vatican will have to follow suit. Uh, they've been increasing numbers, but really a fraction of what the past numbers. You've thousand people employed in the Vatican museums. And it's been one of the milch cows. It's been one of the milch cows, the money spinners for the Vatican City State, which doesn't have a tax system, which is few sources of income. This is one of them. And this is one of the big ones. Right. And we know that the Vatican's been really struggling financially since the beginning of COVID. Um, and so this would be a huge hit to them. Yes. And imagine Peter's Pence. i don't know how much uh, will have come in this year, but uh, I don't know in the United States how many were in church. But if I look at Italy, I, I don't see that many in church. And so that's where they collect the money for Peter Spence. So I suspect that will be drastically down this year. And uh, then, of course, the markets aren't doing so well. So any investments the Vatican has are not exactly going to bring in a big cash so it's going to be a difficult thing. And remember, you have maybe 3,000 people employed in the Vatican. That's right. And and we know that the Pope doesn't want to do layoffs of any kind. So we're just going to have to keep an eye on, you know, what happens financially in the Vatican and, and where they manage to make cuts. Members of the Vatican Swiss Guards have tested positive for COVID-19, the Vatican said on Monday. Among these pilgrims in attendance at the Pope's general audience was a person with COVID-19. It's difficult to believe, but St. Peter's Square, that's usually jam-packed, is completely deserted. Eight months after the explosion of the coronavirus health crisis. Jerry, let's talk about the situation with COVID very close to the Pope. Um, in recent weeks, we've talked about the number of cases in the Vatican. I know we have no new ones, uh, but do we have any updates on how the, the previous cases of COVID in the Vatican were doing, like the Swiss Guards? Well, we had, I think, about 13 Swiss Guards who had COVID. We, we don't know. They, have, they haven't given us an update, so we don't know. But what I do know is that in the last six weeks, I think since mid-September until now, the Pope has met, I think, six people who later had COVID. Later, as in recently after their visits? Yeah, after their visits, yeah. And most recently, you remember we reported on this program that that meeting in the center of Rome on Capitol Hill, the inter-religious meeting organized by the Sant'Egidio Lake community were brought together representatives of all the religions. Well, at that ceremony, the president of the Italian Bishops' Conference was present, and I think also around that time he met the Archbishop of Milan, both of whom have now got COVID. So th there's quite a lot of concern that the, because the Pope continues to meet people. 
uh, he meets people every day, ambassadors, uh, various people. You know, are they bearers of COVID? Are they asymptomatic? We don't know. So th this is the uncertainty, and this is everybody's life, really. But at the Pope, who will be 84 on the 17th of December, it's a real concern in the Vatican. Nobody has got uh, the vaccine. They are saying here, if we have a vaccine, maybe it'll be for the summer of 2021. Wow, that's a long time from now. Okay, so we will keep our listeners up to date here on Inside the Vatican and at americanmagazine.org on all the restrictions that come to the Vatican and also to Italy, and also how the Vatican plans on navigating big events like Christmas and the consistory. We'll keep you updated on all of that here on Inside the Vatican. In just a few hours' time, Election Day will dawn, and America will decide who will lead the nation. We are just two days before the strangest presidential election in our lifetimes, fought amid the deadliest pandemic in a century. I'm Pop Matters, and I'm here to make my voice be known. Voices resounding loudly, not just on this one day. Looking over across the ocean now to the U.S., where most of our listeners are, uh, you know, we are close to 100,000 new cases of coronavirus per day. We're setting new records regularly. And all of this in the midst of our election, which has been going on, the campaigning has been going on for years now. Today, when we're recording, is November 3rd, Election Day. And Jerry, I wanted to take a few minutes for us to talk about how the U.S. election is perceived in the Vatican, because I think a lot of our listeners, a lot of people over here uh, don't really know. Well, in Italy and in the Vatican, there's enormous interest in what's happening in the United States uh, because of the place of the United States in the world, uh, because of the whole many series of questions that have emerged in these years, the migrants, the climate change, the racism, the violence. It's really been a big, big uh, focus of attention. And you, you watch the news programs now here, but also... You talk to people in the Vatican and every, everybody will talk about this. I'm always surprised to see how often the U.S. election and U.S. political news ends up in the official Vatican newspaper, too. Well, yes. Uh, the, uh, I remember a former, many times, prime minister of Italy, Giulio Andreotti, who said that he would read the second page of the Vatican's daily, L'Osservatore Romani, for a good synthesis of the world news. Now, some of the Vatican of the American questions have hit the front page, not just page two. <laughs> I, I think there's an enormous interest uh, because, of course, uh, the American church is important. You, you see that the uh, Americans, after the Italians, have the second largest number of electors in the College of Cardinals. Uh, you've got a lot of bishops. The Pope has seen most of the bishops in this last year or so when they came in their ad limina visits. So he, he will have been constantly following this. And as a South American, of course, it's, they're always interested in what's happening north of the border. So uh, for the Vatican, the possibility that you might have the second Catholic president in the history of the United States is, is big. Uh, as uh, you can imagine, they're not happy with the Democratic Party's focus on the pushing of the abortion question or Biden's who personally doesn't uh, believe in the abortion but goes with the party ticket on this question. Uh, they're not happy with that. But they see so many other possibilities on the horizon if he gets elected. Mm. Like what? First of all, multilateralism. Uh, under the President Trump, the country has uh, moved away from the multilateral approach to questions to bilateral. 
So uh, pushing aside the United Nations, UNESCO, the World Health Organization, you name it. Also, the question of climate change. The uh, Paris Accords were agreed under President Obama, uh, and the American and the United States signed on to it. But under President Trump, they have pulled out of it. Now, and the, if Biden becomes president, he, he has, uh, says he's going to go back into it. That's a very big issue for the whole world, not, not just for the Vatican. What is the perception in the Vatican of uh, the possibility of a Trump re-election? Well, people don't... Uh, the information they have here is what you've got there in your papers. They see the question inside in the United States of the racism, how dealing with that, and it's a problem that's gone way back in the history of the United States. And then there's the question of mig migration and how you deal with that. And I imagine they're probably not happy with the way that Trump has handled that. Well, the Pope hasn't kind of exactly concealed his feelings about this question. <laughs> no, that's right. All right. So no matter what happens in the U.S. election, you can find tons of election coverage at americamagazine.org. And of course, uh, if what happens in the election draws any sort of response from the Vatican, we will talk about that here on Inside the Vatican. We're also following the major news from the Vatican tonight. Pope Francis voicing support for same-sex civil unions, the first pope in history to do so. Homosexuals have a right to be in a family, he says. What we have to create is a civil union law. That way, they are legally covered. The Vatican sent this clarification to its nuncios to put into context to the pope's remarks about civil unions. It explains, for instance, that the pope's words were edited and published as a single answer without the proper contextualization. All right, and last up, we have a quick update on the ongoing story about Pope Francis's comments on civil unions, to which we've devoted the show the last two weeks. Um, the Vatican Secretariat of State sent a memo out to all of the Holy See's ambassadors around the world, clarifying the Pope's comments. And we haven't gotten a public comment on the Pope's words on civil unions, his support for civil union laws for same-sex couples. But we do have this memo, which was posted on Facebook by the Nuncio to Mexico. Jerry, do you want to sum up for us what they were saying? Well, basically, uh, this memo basically explains that the statement that came out from the film, the documentary on Francesco by the Russian film director, which we discussed here in the program, uh, was in fact putting together two separate answers to two separate questions. It explains that the first question was reg regarding a family where one member of the family is uh, son or daughter is found to be gay, and how is the family to deal with it? And the Pope says, a child belongs in the family, must not be kicked out of the family, must be respected, accompanied, and helped. So that was the first question. It was not about gay marriages or gay families as such. It was about ordinary families who have happened to have a gay member in the family. Right. This was something that was in question because in the film, this quote, you know, they have a right to a family, comes in the context of the story about these uh, two gay dads who adopted three kids and they went to the Pope asking if they should bring their kids to church or not. And, uh, and so when you put those things next to each other, it looks like the Pope was saying you have a right to a family as in you have a right to adopt children, which obviously would be different from the line that the church holds there. Yes, it, it, it's misleading the way the quotation from the Pope was put after that story that you just described. The, the, the reality is that the Russian film director did not 
interview directly the Pope on this question. He took extracts from a, an interview of 2018 with a Mexican television correspondent in Rome. So it was not his original, and the putting together was not faithful to the original text. Because the second part of the text says that uh, the Pope was asked, back in Buenos Aires, you took a strong stance against gay marriage, etc., and uh, now you seem to be more liberal. Is it the Holy Spirit that's working in you? And the Pope says, yes, the Holy Spirit works. But he comes out and says, uh, same-sex gay marriage is, is an incongruity, but those who are living in such situations have a right to legal protection. And so it's as we explained in, in past stories, this um, note doesn't add to anything that we've explained to our listeners. No, right. What the memo clarified was how the context was changed, uh, but it said that the Pope still does support uh, these legal protections for same-sex couples. And the memo also says that the Pope has not changed church, church doctrine on this point. Yes, this was all clear, but uh, obviously bishops around the world were getting uh, messages from news headlines and sometimes misleading headlines and they they were concerned and people were asking the bishops questions the priests were asking the bishops questions has the pope changed teaching and the vatican is making very clear this is not the case mm-hmm. though this isn't necessarily a, a public comment to the press right they still haven't commented and so i think we can still say also that Francis's strategy of kind of hunkering down and and letting the truth come out on its own uh, is is still being used here. This did not come from the Vatican press office. Right. It, it was a, a message given confidentially to the nuncios who were not meant to publish it, which was meant to be a kind of a, a, a note to the bishops to clarify what seems some confusion. All right. So we will link to a story if you want to read more about this memo and also about uh, the Pope's comments and the context around them. You can find a link to those in the show notes, and you can also find the stories at americamagazine.org. And Jerry, I think that does it for us today. Uh, Thanks so much for taking some time to talk with me about these stories. Thank you, Colleen. I hope you and our listeners get some sleep tonight and that we have an election result tomorrow. From what I read here, people say it may take some time. Yeah, I think we might just have to be patient. All right, Jerry, stay safe uh, amidst all these COVID cases. I'll try to do the same, and we'll chat with you next week. Thank you. Inside the Vatican is a production of America Media. This week's episode was produced by Maggie Van Dorn. Production assistance from the Jesuit Curia in Rome. Inside the Vatican is mixed by Noah Levinson. You can find in-depth and up-to-date Vatican coverage at americamagazine.org and follow us on Twitter at I-N-S-D-E Vatican Pod. That's inside without the second I, Vatican Pod. You can also email us your questions and comments at insidethevatican at americamagazine.org. For American Media with Gerard O'Connell, I'm your host and producer, Colleen Deli. We'll see you next time. This episode of Inside the Vatican is supported by Fordham University's Graduate School of Religion and Religious Education. Put your faith into action through a flexible and affordable certificate, master's, or doctoral program at Fordham. Learn more at fordham.edu/gre. That's fordham.edu/gre.